Let's begin this time of diving into the word together in prayer. So please join me in prayer. Lord God, thank you for your Holy Spirit that is with us and with me right now, Lord. I pray that these words would not be mine, but would be yours, that I would be a vessel of your Holy Spirit to everyone in this place, that we would feel the spiritual nudge within us to serve and honor one another in the body of Christ, using our spiritual gifts that you have given to each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Today we are talking about serving and honor, and we've been going through a book series called Love Your Church that is all about loving your local church, how to love one another, serve one another, why we gather as a church. And so I want to begin by just reviewing what we've talked about. So a couple of weeks ago, we talked about how um, church is a place where we gather and a place where we belong. We, we took during our greeting a time to look at the people around us and say, you belong here, and that's because you do belong here. And we talked about how um, we gather because it's a place where we are remembering our identity is founded in Jesus Christ. It's a time to come back and remember who we are and why we are here, why we were created on earth. And then we talked about how we gather to respond in worship, to worship our Lord Jesus for who we are and how he created us. And then last week, Andrew talked about how we gather to care for one another, okay? We gather to care about how our weeks were going. Um, we gather to pool our resources to care for others in need. We gather to share meals together. Um, we come we gather, and then we scatter, and then we come back together so that we can meet, pray, and worship. Um, this was very evident in the it, book of Acts. If you read the book of Acts, the early church, this is how they cared for, for each other. They carried each other's burdens. They confessed their sins to one another, and they used the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Um, within the body of Christ. And this is what we should experience every week when we come together. Now, I say the word should because we are a family. Sometimes families don't always get along. Sometimes we are dysfunctional. Um, but we have the Holy Spirit working within us um, to offer forgiveness, to heal, to love one another. And that's what the church should be. And then we gave this challenge that we've been giving each week so far, is that in order to have the church that we wish to be a part of, we, the people, have to be the church we wish to be a part of. It comes from our workings with the power of the Holy Spirit in the church, in the body of Christ, here at Emmanuel. And so that leads us to today's theme, which is to serve and honor. And so we serve and honor one another by using the spiritual gifts that God gives to each of us to build up the body of Christ, to encourage one another, to bless one another. Now, I feel like all of us know, like, we're supposed to serve in the church. We're supposed to be involved in the church, but what we don't always have is the motivation to do that. We don't always know why we should do this or how we should do this. Um, Sometimes we're more motivated to invest in other things um, because maybe they interest us more. Because where our passion is is where our hearts are going to go, where our time is going to go, where our money is going to go. Or maybe you are a parent and you feel like life is just so full. I just don't have time to invest in the church. 
And what we need to know is that what you offer here in the church is meaningful. And it's a place, like we've talked about, where you belong and are welcomed. We desire and want you to be here. And so I believe our motivation for serving in the church needs to begin with, first of all, remembering our identity in Jesus Christ. Remembering what Jesus has done for us. Because ultimately the reason we serve and love one another is because of what Jesus has done for us. So let's just talk for a minute about Jesus. Let's remember what Jesus has done for us. Jesus is our eternal God, and he knew that we had sinned, that we separated ourselves from him. And rather than leaving us in that dire state of sin, he became man. He came into human history he bo was born as a child and grew up and lived and spent his final three years of life here on earth healing and serving and loving and counseling people and turning them to the true God, the true Jesus. And then to redeem us from our sin that separates us from God, he went to the cross like we have here. I love that we have this cross here because we can remember the sacrifice and the suffering that Jesus did in order to save us. And he didn't stay dead, he rose again. And I have to ask, do you believe that? Do you believe that Jesus died on the cross for you? Do you believe that he died and rose again? Because when we believe in that, we are given eternal life. He didn't die for nothing. He died to give you a purpose and a future. He died to gift you with a purpose in the kingdom of God and to offer you a place of belonging here, now on earth, and the gift of eternal life in the future. And that's our God. That's our Jesus. And knowing this truth and living in this truth should motivate us to respond to God in worship and service. And so Jesus, we learn when we read the Bible that he did all of these things while filled with the Holy Spirit. And at Pentecost, we find that we have that same Holy Spirit dwelling within us. And so the same Spirit that enabled Jesus and empowered him to do these gifts of love and care and service and healing and prayer is the Spirit that's moving within us to do those same things. In John 14, 12, Jesus is talking with his disciples, and he tells them that as his followers, they will do greater things than him. And what he's saying is that Jesus, he could feed billions of people, but billions of Christians could feed more than that. And Jesus, he could pray for people for healing, but imagine billions of Christians praying for people and the impact that would have. He could teach billions of people. But imagine billions of Christians going on and doing that same thing. Think of numerically the impact. It doesn't mean that what we are doing is greater than what Jesus did, but numerically the impact is greater because Jesus is spurring us on to do those things, which means that as Christians, we are able to serve. And that means that we have a greater purpose in this kingdom of God, and we respond to Jesus by what he has done for us through acts of service to one another. And in that, God is glorified, and we experience what it feels like to belong and be cared for and welcomed. So today we're talking about serve and what it looks like to serve. And we serve and honor one another because it's 
our spiritual gift that God has given us. God has given each of us at least one spiritual gift, or we call that a way of doing ministry to one another. And so two weeks ago, we talked about um, Romans chapter 12, and I'm going to review on that a little bit. Um, So I'm going to read. It says, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the other. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So notice how I said that word, belong. Um, And see how we all have different gifts. There's all sorts of things there. Um, Yes, that is all of us. So I want you to say it out loud. I have a gift. I have a gift. And now I want you to turn to the person next to you. It could even be a child and say, you have a gift. Thank you. Thanks for participating with me today. (laughs) And that gift is for the building up of the body of Christ, building up our church. And when I say build up, I mean encouraging. So if one of those gifts is standing out to you, that's great because I'm going to share in a moment about feeling that nudge from the Holy Spirit and acting on that. And so if you are seeing this and you're like, I love to serve, I love to teach, and you have that nudge from the Holy Spirit, then that's saying maybe you should explore that gift and see what God has for you here in the church. And this passage doesn't say it has to be just the adults. It could be kids. So kids say, I have a gift. Great, you're listening. That's great. So, and it doesn't say that it has to be someone of social status or a certain education. Not just the pastors or the staff are called to lead the church. You have a part in it. And so I thought I would share a little story with you about the first time that I remember feeling having that spiritual nudge, like, ooh, I have a gift and I want to serve. And so I remember in high school, one Sunday I came to church and we sat in our normal spot. It was about right here where you, John, and Kareen are. And we had a normal spot, yes, as a family. It's okay if you do too. Um, And I remember sitting there and then I noticed someone new was on the worship team. And her name was Susie and she was a couple of years older than me. And she was singing on the worship team. And suddenly it hit me, I want to be part of the worship team. I like to sing. I can sing. Maybe I could do that. And I didn't even know high schoolers could be part of the worship team. And throughout the service, I felt like this pit in my stomach. Like, oh, I would really, really want to be up there and sing with them. And as I sat there, the enemy started to get to me. And my... um, high school girl emotion started to get to me, and I ended up crying throughout the entire service because I'm like, I want to be up there. Why don't they ask me? Don't they know that I can sing too? Don't they know that I want to be on the worship team? And of course they didn't know that because I never told them. And then I started thinking, well, I'm not good enough to do that, and they don't want me up there. And throughout the whole service, I ended up just crying because I wanted to be part of the worship team. And it never occurred to me that maybe after the service, I should go up to them and be like, 
hey, I can sing. I didn't know high schoolers could be part of it. I want to be part of the worship team. Instead, I went home and just kept wallowing in my sadness, thinking, I'm not good enough to be up there. They don't want me up there. Well, my parents must have noticed my sadness and why I was sad, because later that afternoon, I got a call from the worship team leader who said, hey, you want to be part of the worship team? And they must have said something for me, and I was so excited, and I'm like, yes, and I joined them, and I started singing every Sunday on the worship team um, for the rest of my high school time there, and then even when I would come home from college, I would jump in and sing with them. So here's a few things that I want to share with you about that story, is that when it comes to having a spiritual gift, we all have a gift of some sort. For you, coming up front and singing is like the worst thing in the world, but you may have a gift of administration, or service, or hospitality, or baking. We'll get into a lot more of those gifts um, so we all have a gift that is given to us by God, okay? You, number two, you may not know what your gift is yet, but if you get a nudge from the Holy Spirit, maybe he's saying, hey, this is where I want to plug you in, in the church. If you want to know how to discover your gift, then keep listening, because we're going to get there. And if you know your spiritual gift, then don't assume that everyone else around you knows what your gift is to offer. They didn't know that I wanted to be on the worship team. It took t someone saying something for me. I could have said something, and that would have, they would have welcomed me right then and there. So I admit that sometimes other people know your gift before you. When I started praying for people and listening to the Lord and um, praying more for people, it was a friend who pointed out to me that maybe I had the gift of intercessory prayer. And then I was like, oh, I should really dive into that more. But um, sometimes we don't know what your gift is to offer. And we need to be intentional about finding out what our gift is and then using that for the body of Christ and standing up and saying, this is what I can do. This is what I have to offer. The question is, well, then why serve in the church? And there is a really great quote in our book this week that said, church members are contributors to the ministry of the church rather than consumers of the ministry. And contributing involves giving of your time, giving of your talent, giving of your treasure for the health and growth of our church. We serve in our church in order to help the health and growth of our church. As we've already established, the church is a place of belonging and caring and gathering, but it's also a place of serving. And so then, our first Corinthians passage, um, thank you, Laura, for reading that. I know that was really long, um, but I want to look at parts of it today. First, um, I'm going to read this little chunk, verses 4 through 7. It says, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now, to each one of the men of the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So a few things here that I want to point out is that there are different kinds of gifts. Not all of us are going to have the same gift. And all gifts are given by the Holy Spirit. This is a gift for you that God has given you that he wants you to use. And there are different ways in carrying out these gifts and service and work. And it's good. It's given for the common good of the church. That word spiritual gift that they use there um, in Greek is the word charisma. And that means that it is a gift of grace with extraordinary powers given by the Holy Spirit, um, distinguishing certain Christians and enabling them to serve the Church of Christ. 
the reception of which is due to the power of divine grace, operating on their souls by the Holy Spirit. So it's an act of grace and kindness that you serve in the church for the building up of the body of Christ. And so in our Romans passage, in our 1 Corinthians passage, there were a lot of spiritual gifts that were listed. Um, But throughout the entire Bible, there's all sorts of things that are listed. There is wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, distinguishing spirits, speaking and interpreting tongues, serving, teaching, encouragement, generosity, and leading. There's also administration, being an apostle, evangelism, hospitality, mercy, and shepherding. That's a lot of different gifts that God gives people, and God gives each person their gift as he determines is best for them. And we all don't have the same gifts. Although we may have similar gifts, we may use them in our own unique and special ways that God has gifted us. So for example, Pastor Andrew and I, we both have the gift of preaching. But if we were to swap outlines and I were to come up and use his papers to do that, it would not go very well because I have a process of my own way of writing and putting together a sermon. Or Andrew and I, we both love singing Um, and leading worship, but I am not that great at guitar. I am not as good as him in singing harmonies, and I am not very good on the piano, although I had a couple years of piano. Um, So the gift that Miliana offers to us, the gifts that Andrew offers us, they're all different, but they're all for the nurturing of the body of Christ. So I'm going to walk through just some of these spiritual gifts um, to give you a better idea of what are these gifts. So wisdom and knowledge, we're going to talk about that. Um, Wisdom and knowledge means words of wisdom or words of knowledge that you get from the Lord. Um, This is a good way to kind of describe discernment, the process of um, thinking through something according to the will of God. It's having an intimate understanding of God's words and his commandments, which result in holy and upright living. Um, And in the context of 1 Corinthians 12, um, it means to speak life into other individuals or to a specific situation with great understanding and a righteous perspective with the goal of guiding other people towards holy living. And so Paul, example, um, he knew the scriptures. He was devoted to Jesus' teaching, and so he mentored leaders in new new churches um, by writing letters to them in our book in the Bible, um, in order to give them words of wisdom, words of knowledge, and encouragement. So, an examples would be, of doing this, would be like a mentor. Maybe you are someone who loves meeting one-on-one and encouraging others. Um, preaching, maybe being a youth leader, or a prayer partner, um, or a small group leader. Along those similar lines of service is, there are maybe people who have the gifts of mercy. Um, mercy is someone who displays empathy and compassion towards others without judgment, um, showing them love and forgiveness. These are people who also love serving those who are marginalized or hurt in society. Um, So Peter, um, Peter one time was walking outside the city gates when he found a man who was paralyzed, and that paralyzed man was stuck on his mat, and the way he showed mercy to him was by praying for him and healing him. There's also examples of Uh, or 
the spiritual gift of encouragement or exhortation. And this is someone who is a motivator, a cheerleader, who consistently and lovingly encourages others to turn their lives to Christ and reminds them to fix their eyes on Christ. So if you look through the book of Acts, there's Barnabas, and you can see how he was an encourager to his disciples. There's also the gift of shepherding. Um, this is kind of a gift of mentoring as well, um, maybe one-on-one, -on -one, but also a group of people where you want to help them grow in their faith formation, and you have a desire to care for them and oversee their faith development. Um, Moses was this type of person. When he called um, and brought the, Egypt, um, the Israelites out of Egypt into the Promised Land, he gave them instructions, um, new ways of living when it came to the law. And so examples of this could be Sunday school teachers, youth leaders, Bible study leaders, small group leaders, helping in Myrtle's closet, um, joining our visitation team. Those are just some examples of maybe that's a gift for you. There's also the gift of faith. Now, this spiritual gift is not to be confused with saving faith, like the faith where we believe in Jesus that he has saved us. This is a spiritual gift of faith where somebody has just this deep confidence and trust in the Lord um, that allows them to live boldly for him. Um, maybe be like an evangelist to encourage others, um, a prayer who offers healing to other people to build up their confidence in God. So Daniel is an example of this. He refused to bow down to an idol and worship Nebuchadnezzar, but publicly professed his faith by praying to God three times a day, even though he knew that he might be punished for that. These might be people who are prayer warriors or evangelists. And then there is serving and hospitality. Hospitality is the practice of welcoming, sheltering, and feeding others with no personal gain or care for yourself, um, welcoming others into your door, into your life. Um, it doesn't matter how elegant things need to be um, or lavish the entertainment may be. Your hospitality is that you are going to welcome whoever God sends to you. And it simply says, I care for you, I love you, and I have prepared a place for you. You are welcome here. And that includes setting aside time to talk with people and being flexible in order to uh, accommodate other people. And you have a heart to share your life with others. I imagine the story of Mary and Martha. Um, Martha really had the gift of hospitality, so much so that it distracted her from Jesus. But she really wanted to help Jesus feel welcome in her home. So an example of this is just right here on a Sunday morning, offering, um, being an usher, being a greeter, being an acolyte who lights the candles, a reader, um, making fellowship, you know, a wonderful place downstairs by making coffee and making treats. Um, be a host during our photo sessions that we are looking for. You would be those type of people who go out of their way on a Sunday morning to greet other people. And there are so many more gifts. There are so many more gifts. Um, these are not all of the gifts, but God has given you a gift, and he wants you to use it to encourage and build up the body of Christ. In James chapter 1, verses 16 through 18, it says, Don't be deceived, my dear brothers. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose us. He gave birth to us through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits for all he created. So we are to eagerly desire these gifts that God has given us. 
And this is why I chose the passage in 1 Corinthians that talks about the metaphor of the body and the functioning of the body because you have a place in the body of Christ where you belong and a purpose. So I want you to say, I have a purpose here. I have a purpose here. Yes, we are all called here and have a purpose here. We have mutual dependency on one another to use our gifts. And I think that's really neat that God designed the church that way, that it's not just one person leading everything, that it's all of us. So we're going to wrap up here, but I want to finish up by saying, how do you discover your spiritual gift? Well, here's a few things to ask yourself is, what are you passionate about? What are you passionate about in general? Is it kids? Is it teaching? Is it visiting with older people? Is it hospitality? And maybe what you do for a job um, is something that you're passionate about, and you can use those same skills here in the body of Christ. Where do you experience joy in serving in the church? Or where do you find that you could be most helpful and effective? And the response from others is, thank you. I appreciate that. You were so helpful. Maybe that's a place where you should plug in. And then the biggest thing is it takes trial and error. It takes practice figuring out where you're supposed to fit in. You give it a try. You follow that spiritual nudge and give it a try. So I'm going to close with a little bit from our First Peter passage. It says, The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind, so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multiple of, multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So the biggest thing is the end is at hand. We don't know when Jesus is returning. returning. So we need to use the gifts God has given us because the end is near. So the end is near, so use hospitality. The end is near, so visit with the poor and those in need. The end is near, so serve one another. The end is near, dot, 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 whatever that gift may be. In order to be the church that we want to be a part of, we have to be the church that we want to be a part of. It takes our part in this. So I want you to know that whatever you have to offer our church is not insignificant. No matter how big or small, you belong here. You have a purpose here. So I'm going to close this with prayer and invite our worship team forward. Lord God, thank you for this word today, these words of truth from your scripture, that you have given each of us a spiritual gift. And Lord, I pray that you would be stirring in our hearts right now, helping us to think about where can I plug in? Where can I be most useful to our church? Continue to grow those gifts within us and equip us in those ways. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.